It's April 7th, 2021. Welcome to the new reality edition of Bite Marks Cafe, where we bring you the latest science, technology, and innovation. And of course, this is day one of Hawaii Public Radio's Spring Fun Drive. I'm Bert Lum. During this special Fun Drive uh, edition, we have Brooke Connor. He's a CIO, Chief Information Officer over at the Department of Education. And he's here to tell us about the the challenges of going into this uh, new world of ours with uh, blended learning, tech and education, of course, and all the lessons learned during this uh, pandemic. Of course, during this live broadcast, the phone lines are reserved for your support. We're looking for new members. And of course, uh, if you enjoy the weekly tech talks, we hope you'll consider supporting the great original local programming here on Hawaii Public Radio. And, of course, uh, you can show your support by going to hawaiipublicradio.org or by calling 888-536-4700 to become a member. And now I want to welcome Brooke Connor to Bite Marks Cafe. Aloha, hey, Bert. Hey, Brooke. Back on the show. Yeah, you know what? It's been it's been uh, about what three years that I had you on. Of course, something, back back then. Like that. Yeah, yeah, it was like in the I studio. Had, I had come in to talk about strategic directions, and and now here, three years on, we've actually been been doing it and and living it through some of the the most interesting times, <laughs> more interesting than I think any of us could have could have predicted. So, so Brooke, you know, when you uh, came on and talked about some of the strategic plans, I mean, what, what were you on the road to uh, achieving that that sort of uh, perhaps prepared you or or surprised you when everything got uh, kind of shut down and kids now had to learn from home? I mean, how were you tracking with your strategic plan? We're, we're actually tracking really quite well. And the original idea behind the plan was to structure technology around the capabilities that schools need to do their their core mission, educate everybody that shows up at the door. We're a public education institution. Anybody that comes gets an education. doesn't matter if you've got money, if you've got a home, what your abilities are. We're going to give you the best education we possibly can. And that took a shift from the very IT-centric way of here's our infrastructure, here's our application developers, and starting to think about what are the capabilities that we need to offer and what characteristics do those capabilities need to have. Mm-hmm. They needed to be things that were easy to get to, that were accessible everywhere in every sort of way um, that were continuously improving and continuously getting better. Now, if you're a technologist, you look at that and say, gosh, that sounds like all of the features that you get from a cloud-based system, from software as a service. And that's what we started implementing. Mm -hmm. And so, lo and behold, when we started hitting this world where we suddenly had to take everything online, completely digital, we were ready. And the summer of... Uh, 2019, we made a huge shift, moved every employee in the department off of Lotus Notes for email, ancient system, and onto Google, and took everyone into that much more modern, much more digital, much more accessible kind of environment. At the same time, we turned on video conferencing, both WebEx and Google Meet. 
And at the time, we didn't get a whole lot of use. There were some really great, exciting things that happened there, mm-hmm. like the schools on Molokai could hire speech therapists on another island to teach the kids that needed that specialized care. And they only had one or two kids maybe that needed that, that sort of assistance, and they wouldn't be able to move somebody to Molokai. And that kind of thing worked, worked great. But then, of course, when we got to this time a year ago, and all of a sudden everybody's working from home, we went from a handful of video conferences a day to tens of thousands on each of three different platforms overnight, and it worked. It worked really well and and enabled the teachers to do just an amazing, amazing job of continuing to provide education for the kids, even in the face of this huge challenge. Yeah, you know, you bring up a great point because when you take the systems that are currently, you know, in in servers that maybe are are located at the at the DOE and move everything to the cloud, mm-hmm. you in essence are able to access uh those those same software uh applications from anywhere. And of course, when right. when now the uh kids and teachers are having to deliver education from wherever they are and and this is a big change right i mean you've been developing technology that for the most part could be accessed when you're at school even though you know a right. lot of it is in the cloud but now when everybody has to be off campus uh at least the cloud is delivering the application now the challenge of course is can everybody get to those applications now that they're you know sequestered at home Yep, and and that's actually been another one of the the huge lifts that that my team managed to to pull off using federal money from uh, the CARES Act. We bought uh, well over fifty thousand devices for students, seventeen thousand MiFi hotspots, and gave them to the schools ready to use with the instructions of these are for the kids that don't have this resource at home. Mm-hmm, mm-hmm. You know, we, we know how many kids we have in those kinds of situations. We can work with the schools. We understand from the schools how many devices they already had. We said, well, it looks like you've got this gap in the number of devices. And at the beginning of the crisis, we had a lot of kids. Maybe 35% of, of our kids didn't have sufficient device access at home. They might have a computer at home, but there's two or three kids, and they're all on the computer doing their education. Yeah. Or, you know, mom and dad, you know, they're working from home, too, if they haven't been laid off. Um, And so, you know, we got that out into the environment, and now we're at a situation where we've got 2% of our kids don't have a device at home. But that also includes the families that are saying, you know what? I don't want any screen time for my kids. So that's just been a, a huge lift and a huge shift that, that we've been able to do with, with federal funding. Now, rest assured, my team is exhausted after all this work. But that's, that's what we do. We, we get the job done. So that's, that's been something amazing. While we still have been able to move ahead on major modernization systems, um, you know, we're a couple of months out from launching our completely new, again, cloud-based uh, accounting system to replace 
a 30-year-old mainframe system that the department was using to manage its multi-billion-dollar budget. And, you know, we're, we're almost ready to go with that. So there's lots of, lots of stuff that's been going on, and, and all of that fit into that strategic plan, and we've just been keep pushing it forward, keep pushing it forward with, with whatever we can get our hands on. No, that's great. That's great. And, you know, uh, in terms of all the things that you have to do, uh, just managing all the school networks uh, and then now having to, uh, you know, in addition, include the students that are not on campus anymore. uh, That's a that was a tremendous lift. And, you know, what the other thing that I do want to talk to you, we're going to have to go to a break shortly, but uh, is, you know, how much were you able to actually uh, achieve with the CARES money in the first go around? And and is there a lot more that needs to be done? You know what we're going to do? We're going to hold that thought. Uh, we'll be right back sure. after this uh, short uh, break to continue our conversation with Brooke Connor. And, of course, we're talking about online learning and, of course, the, uh, the blended school environment. And if you, if you enjoy local programming here on Hawaii Public Radio, you can show your support on our website. You can check out hawaiipublicradio.org. And, of course, you can call 888 888- Five three six four seven zero zero, and of course we're back live in the studio. This is Bite Marks Cafe on Hawaii Public Radio, and of course the first day of the Spring Fun Drive. And you can always visit our website at hawaiipublicradio.org or call and show your support at eight 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 five three six forty seven hundred or four seven zero zero. And, of course, if you're just joining us, uh, we're talking to Brooke Connor. He's the chief information officer over at the Department of Education. And, of course, we're talking about leveraging technology and, of course, lessons learned during the pandemic. And, and Brooke, you know, I I, want to also give you a chance to uh, uh, say that you are a member here at Hawaii Public Radio. And it's great to have, you know, a guest that's a member. It's it's been lots of fun listening to, to the shows. One of the things we've always got on uh, at at our house, and uh, some of the membership events has just been absolutely spectacular. No, and I really appreciate it, Brooke. And and uh, you know, it's it's uh, it's great to have you on and, and hear about some of the things that you've been doing. And when you know, when we took the break earlier, uh, you were talking about some of the uh, funding that the the CARES funding was able to enable through, you know, MiFi hotspots and and uh, Chromebooks. How much of the CARES funding satisfied the population that you support? I mean, is that was that sufficient, or is there still a gap that needs to be needs to be closed? So it it closed the initial gap with devices and and network access, but it was a one time thing. And the the best practice when dealing with devices, of course, is that you refresh them every few years because technology changes, there's new capabilities, there's new things you want to be able to do, whether you're at work or whether you're a student and, and trying to learn and access new kinds of, of things. And at, at this point, we don't have the funding for that. And it's not even clear with the state of the department's budget as we work through the legislative session how much we're going to be able to leverage the, the federal funding that that is still coming our way from the American Rescue Plan Act. Um, so, you know, we've gotten some some big things done, but one of the challenges that I've been really 
working on is how do we make that something that is sustainable and ongoing? Because if part of our job is to, part of our job, a huge part of our mission is to get these kids ready for their next phase in life, whether they're going on to um, college, the military, a career, straight out of high school, whatever they're going to do is their next step, there's going to be technology involved. There isn't a, a, a job or an occupation or an activity that you could think of today that doesn't involve technology. So we need to be able to figure out how do we turn that into something that when we look at the high school students that are graduating this year, have we done everything we can for them to make them ready for that? But do we have the plan in place to be able to look at the kindergartners, the first graders that we've got right now, and what is that technology landscape going to look 10 years out? We need to have that continued plan. Mm -hmm. And at, at present, that's something that there still isn't a great answer for. We have some, some one-time um, solutions with some of the, the federal relief, but we, we still don't have a resolved state budget yet. You know, you bring up a, an excellent point, and, and Brooke, what what is becoming clearly obvious is that, you know, in terms of uh, schools providing the technology and the learning and the environment, you know, that's that's quickly expanding beyond the campus, and and now with mm -hmm. the you know satisfying the, maybe like you said the short term immediate need for connectivity as a result of the pandemic. How does that get sustained over time? And now, now it becomes uh, an issue of how does the DOE expand their their uh, technology services all the way to the home? Because you know it's one thing to have it available at the mm -hmm. school, but if you want to really do online learning and distance learning in a blended environment, you're gonna have to extend that to the homes. So how do you do that on a sustaining level? And then I think that's the that's the challenge that, that you face now. It, it, it definitely is, and it is, it's definitely a, an equity challenge, a civil mm -hmm. rights mm -hmm. challenge, um, because there are, frankly, there are students, you can't extend it to their home because they don't have one. And how are we going to provide for that kind of digital experience for those kinds of students? Right. That's something that we need to, to address. You know, this is something that clearly needs partnership from all the state agencies that are serving everybody in the state, from the legislature, from the, the various companies, from the nonprofits that are um, engaged. That, that's why the, the Broadband Hui Group has been so vital in, in bringing all of those voices together. But right now we're looking at some of the, the, the bills that are working through the legislature, and they're making drastic cuts to the technology team in the Department of Education. And, you know, how are we going to, to make this work? There's some short-term opportunities. The, the America Rescue Plan Act includes an expansion to the E-rate program that the department already takes advantage of and brings in federal money to build up a network for the schools. So now we can use that same program to buy students and staff that serve those students, if those students are on free and reduced lunch, we can use this federal money to buy them a device, to mm -hmm. buy them network access. But that's a one-time injection into that program. That's got a sunset of a year after the, the crisis is over, 
we're done. So how do we how do we do that? How do we keep building that kind of, of program? This is it's long been apparent that technology is a, a critical part of what everybody is going to be doing for for life, whether it's social media, interacting with people. And the COVID crisis just made that blisteringly obvious. And and now our our challenge is where do we get the support? Where do we get the mechanism to actually be able to make that a vital reality in the education of our, our children? Because if we don't have our kids ready for that kind of experience, what is that going to mean for, for the economy of the state as we try and build into whatever the future of Hawaii is going to look like? So, Brooke, you know, in terms of <clears throat> uh, trying to keep up with all the uh, pandemic uh, crisis mode that, that we've mm-hmm. been operating in for the last year, but then also trying to communicate to leadership that, you know, there's going to be a need for more support, and especially in terms of, you know, sort of a strategic plan and, and as well as yep. how do you sustain this? I mean, how do, you, how do you balance this and how do you, you know, get the, 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 the leadership to understand what, the, what kinds of support is really going to be needed in the long term? So, you know, it, it's definitely a challenge, and it, it's certainly a challenge in the kind of budget crisis the state is, is facing because of the, the COVID crisis. Um, and the, the true need and the, the reason behind the need, on the one hand, I think a lot of people understand, yes, technology is going to be um, a, a key factor in, in everything that we're doing broadband access, technical skills, digital literacy. There's lots of conversation around that. But managing large-scale technology um, it, it's, a, it, it's a complicated thing. Yeah. And just like any other deep and, and complex problem, if you don't fully understand all the issues around it, it can be hard to make the best decision. I'm not a lawyer. Don't ask me about the right way to structure laws. I'm not a doctor. Don't ask me about your health care. Well, Brooke, you know. I'm a technologist. I know. And, Brooke, so, you know, we could spend the, probably the next uh, hour talking about this. And I'm gonna definitely going to have you back on, especially after the session completes, so we can get an, get an update. You know, Brooke Connor is the chief information officer over at the Department of Education. And, of course, I want to thank him for joining us on this special uh, fun drive edition. And of course, I want to thank you for listening to Bite Marsh Cafe. You can join us next week when we'll talk to the Hub co working about the Social Impact Incubator program. In the meantime, don't go away. You can enjoy local programming here like Bite Marsh Cafe on Hawaii Public Radio. And of course, you can show your support by going to hawaiipublicradio.org or calling us at 888. 888- Five three six forty seven hundred, and of course, let's go back to Nick and Tori.